Welcome to Family Law Talk, presented by Kirk Stange of Stange Law Firm, PC. Stange Law Firm is a family law firm in the St. Louis metro area with offices in Missouri and Illinois. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stange. Welcome to Family Law Talk. My name is Kirk Stange, and I am one of the managing partners of Stange Law Firm. Stange Law Firm is a family law firm with offices in Missouri and with offices in Illinois, all in the St. Louis metro area. Well, welcome. Welcome to uh, tonight's topic on Family Law Talk with Stange Law Firm. The title of the topic is Why Can't My Family Law Case Settle? That's uh, the topic, and the topic is actually based on an article I wrote on uh, on my blog, FamilyLawHeadquarters.com, dated today. And the title of the article is, In Family Law, Reasonableness is in the Eye of the Beholder. So is a follow-up to uh, the episode tonight. What you can do is go to FamilyLawHeadquarters.com, uh, look, at, uh, look at the article that I have posted, which is, again, titled, In Family Law, Reasonableness is in the Eye of the Beholder. And the date of the article is December 21, 2013. So go there, check out the article. It'll be a good follow-up to uh, what we're going to talk about this evening. Um, before we get into the episode itself, I should state that the choice of a lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements and that the information you obtain in this podcast is general in nature and it may not apply to specific factual or legal circumstance. Therefore, if you if uh, you require legal assistance, you should definitely contact an attorney licensed and practiced uh, licensed to practice law in your specific jurisdiction. All right, so let's talk about uh, the topic again. The topic is why can't my family law case settle? I would say this uh, sentiment sums up what what a lot of parties going through a family law case think. Uh, could be a divorce, could be a custody case. Uh, you name it, but uh, what most parties want is they want the case to end. And what they're looking for at the end of the day in most situations is multiple things. Um, one, they want a quick resolution. Uh, they want the result to be amicable. So most parties uh, would like their, their ex or soon-to-be ex uh, to be happy with the result as well. Uh, they want to spend the least amount of attorney fees as possible. Uh, they want a result that's fair and they want to be able to move on with their life. Um, and that's what most parties, you know, want. And uh, I think the most individuals out there, they think this should be an easily obtainable goal, uh, that it ought to be easy to get there. Um, and when it when it doesn't play out in this simple scenario that they have envisioned, you know, a lot of parties can get frustrated. At uh, the court process, they can get frustrated with their attorney, uh, they can get frustrated with the guardian ad litem if there's one in a case. Uh, they can even be frustrated with the judge. Uh, because, again, what most parties think is, look, uh, we ought to get this case done quick. Uh, you know, Generally speaking, we all know what's going to happen is kind of the viewpoint. And let's just ram this thing through, get it done, get it done quick, and there you go. Uh, and, again, I think this is easy to st- easy to understand why people would want this. I mean, nobody wants a prolonged case. Uh, nobody wants to spend money on attorney fees. And so, look, it's a worthy goal, and I certainly can understand the sentiments, and I can understand where the clients uh, are coming from. You know, if I were a client and during a family law case, I'd want the exact same thing, I'm sure. And so, look, it's a worthy goal. It's a goal that makes sense. Uh, the reality just is, is some people get this. They get that quick uh, result. Uh, but the truth is, 
probably far more people get something else, and it can be various different degrees. Um, but to a lot of folks out there, they think the process just took too long, it was delayed, it cost too much, and and clients, quite frankly, in a lot of respects, just don't understand it. So let's talk about that uh, that whole issue, and, and let's start as a prelude. Let's talk about some of the, the common questions I think any attorney probably hears from from clients going through family law cases, I mean, there's a kind of a general question. They'll say, why does it have to take so long? In other words, why can't we just get this done quick? Uh, the viewpoint is we all know the way this case is going to end up, and uh, it ought to just be done quick. It ought to be simple, and the cost ought to be low. And that's, you know, kind of the fundamental overriding question, which is why does it have to take so long? Uh, a lot of clients also ask, why does it have to cost so much? You know, something so simple, like simply a family law case to the client, they view it as simple. Uh, it really isn't that simple, but that's the way clients view it. And they would just say, why Why does it have to cost so much? Uh, you know, why Why are the fees so high? Uh, so that's that's a big question. Uh, another question I hear is, is, is this. I think a lot of family law attorneys would hear this is, why can't the attorneys just end the case? In other words, I think parties going through a family law case, uh, you know, they get frustrated, and on some level they think maybe the attorneys are holding up the ship and uh, and preventing the case from getting done quickly. So, again, third common question that I talk about in the article is why can't the attorneys just end the case? Uh, four, I hear this all the time, which is why can't we just settle the case uh, when this is what we both want? In other words, you know, if we've got husband in a case, husband will say, look, I want to settle, and uh, my wife wants to settle. Or on the flip end, if we've got wife, she'll say the same thing. You know, I want to settle this case, and my husband wants to settle it. Uh, you know, since we both want to settle, that makes it easy, right? Uh, and so I hear that question all the time. And then five, I hear this all the time, which is in cases uh, – where there's not necessarily a quick agreement, what a lot of parties expect is just the judge to bang down that gavel. You know, people watch TV, they've seen TV shows, court TV shows, uh, and, you know, kind of the the vision is kind of a small claims court, like the People's Court or Judge Judy or something like that. You know, I think a lot of parties think, look, the judge ought to just, you know, bang down the gavel after we both have a few minutes to speak, and that ought to be it, Right. Uh, unfortunately, that's not the way it works. So, so let's talk about this. Um, I mean, the reality is this, which is to to conclude a family law case. Um, there's sort of two different paths. And if you look at uh, if you look at the blog article, there's a picture we have up there, and it and it shows kind of a fork in the road, and it has an arrow pointing one way and an arrow pointing the other. And uh, the arrow pointing in the left direction says conflict, and the arrow pointing in the right direction says compromise. And so so here's a jig in a nutshell to the listeners out there, which is, look, if the parties can compromise and they can come to an agreement on all issues, yeah, this can be, you know, this type of case can be done quickly at relatively little cost uh, in a way that I think the party's goals are. But on the flip end, if there's issues that that the parties can't agree on, and that kind of puts you on that conflict path. And if you go down that conflict path, uh, that's what can hang up up these cases now in saying this this kind of gets to the uh the overall theme of the article i think the title of the article i put in there is reasonableness is in the eye of the beholder and so here's the here's the dilemma which is you know if you surveyed you know i think any husband going through let's say divorce and you say do you want to 
contested family law case that cost you thousands in fees, or would you like to reach a settlement and uh, keep the fees down and, and get a result that's mutually amicable? And I think just about anybody out there would say, well, yeah, I want that, I want that settlement route. And, and if you ask the same question to a wife in a divorce, you're going to get the same answer. In most cases, they, you know, they want settlement as well. They want the case to be done quickly and amicably and in at in uh, little cost. But the, the reality of the issue is, is this, which is to settle a family law case, uh, you have to have 100% agreement on all issues. And that's what makes this whole thing complex. And the truth is, uh, reasonableness is in the eye of the beholder. So in a lot of these cases, I can just tell the listeners out there, I mean, I've just seen this in countless cases, which is let's say I have the wife in a case, and, and let's say she has a settlement proposal. I mean, to her, in most cases, you know, her proposal is entirely reasonable, and it's in uh, the best interest of the parties. You know, it's a fair result. It's a just result. And the wife is thinking, why in the heck does my husband not just take this deal to end the case? You know, on the flip end, the husband, in a lot of these cases, has an alternate proposal. It can be an equally nice person uh, with equally good motives, and the husband uh, puts forth his settlement proposal, and he's thinking, well, why doesn't my wife just take it? I mean, this is a fantastic proposal. If she just take this, we could end the case, and uh, we could be divorced. Um, But the dilemma here is this, is, you know, both parties in situations kind of see their world through their through their own uh, glasses, if you will. And if parties were able to see eye to eyes on issues, they may not be getting divorced in the first place, don't you think? And that's and that's kind of a key point. I mean, you take a husband, you take a wife, you take conflict that that rises to such a level that uh, they want to get divorced. Uh, when you take people in those situations, it's hard to put them in a room, let's say figuratively speaking, and and get them to agree on 100 percent everything. And when they don't agree on 100% of everything, that puts them on that conflict path, unfortunately, or, or the non-settlement path. And so let me give you just kind of a few a few examples. Uh, take, take a divorce case where the parties agree on 80 or 90% of the issues in the divorce case, uh, but they don't agree on the 10 or 20% of the remaining issues out there. In that kind of situation, listeners, is this an uncontested case or is this a contested case? They agree on 80%, 90% of it, but they don't agree on 10 20% of it. What do you say? Is this contested or is this an uncontested case? And I think to, to a lot of the folks out there, they'd say, well, that's uncontested. I mean, they agree on just about everything. But the truth of the matter is if there's 10 to 20% of the issues out there that the parties don't agree on, it's not a settled case. And it's still a contested case. So let's give some specific examples. Let's say in a divorce, the parties agree on custody, but they don't agree on spousal support. Is that a settled case? It sure isn't. Uh, Spousal support's not agreed upon. It's not a settled case. Let's take another example. Let's say the parties in a divorce uh, agree on property and debt division in terms of how it's going to be divided. But let's say they have different views on child support. Uh, Listeners out there, is that a contested case or an uncontested case? I mean, the truth is it's a contested case. It's not a settled case at that point. So let's take another hypothetical. Let's say parties agree on the general terms of a custody agreement. Let's say they both agree to joint physical and legal custody, for example. Uh, Is that the end of the road? If, If the parties still don't agree on summer visitation, who gets to claim the kids on taxes, how and where exchanges will take place, whether private school will get paid, et cetera. I mean, all those little issues can hang it up. 
any one of those little issues. The issue of private school could cause parties to go to trial, tax deductions, where exchange locations will take place. It can, can be all kinds of things, and I've just seen endless issues in cases. Uh, can, I mean, parties will fight over specific days of the week. Uh, they'll fight over the exchange times. Uh, they'll the bicker at times, can new stepmom or new stepdad transport the kids or not? I mean, you name it, and the reality is any single issue like this uh, makes the case not settled. Um, let's get, take a couple other hypotheticals, but I think we're probably making the point here by now. Let's say, in a case, both the parties agree that husbands should pay spousal support, uh, but let's say they don't agree on the amount or the duration. Is that a settled case, or is that a contested case? Well, they don't agree on the amount. They don't agree on the duration. That's a contested case at that point in time, and that can cause a case not to settle in uh, drag. So, look, in saying all this, uh, the reality is this, and it's it's the biggest dilemma in trying to settle these cases, which is, you know, people call all the time and they say, I want a divorce. Uh, my wife wants a divorce. It's uncontested. Correct? Well, uh, in a technical sense, it's uncontested if they both want the divorce. In other words, the divorce isn't contested. But if there's these issues out there, it's not a settled case. And if it's not a settled case, uh, then there's no way to push that case through quickly unless one or two things uh, really happen, which is, uh, one, the parties uh, compromise somehow, meet in the middle, or one of the parties just caves to the position of the other party in order to get the case done. So again, you know, if there's disagreement on specific issues, the parties are going to have to meet in the middle, compromise, or practically speaking, one party's got a cave. And I can tell the listeners out there, you know, in the midst of one of these cases, you know, I've seen parties um, move a lot more than the other party. But generally speaking, uh, in a case like this, parties dig in their heels because you're talking about their kids. Uh, they're talking about their house. Uh, you know, they're talking about all their property and debt, everything they've worked for, perhaps. So it's just not its not a situation like a traffic ticket, uh, some small legal manner uh, that they can kind of wash their hands from and walk away. But this is going to affect them. And so, you know, you don't see a whole lot of caving. And unfortunately, uh, I don't see nearly enough compromising out of the gates. And that's what, that's what hangs these cases up. And so... When a case gets hung up on, it could be one or two issues, the dilemma is then you're writing that court docket, awaiting a trial date. And, and the truth of the matter is trying to get a final trial date uh, in a divorce or family law case can take months, if not a year or more. And, and, the, and to the listeners out there, they say, well, why in the heck is that? Why would it take months uh, or a year or more to get a trial date in my case? Well, here's a dilemma. You know, there's only 365 days in the year. Uh, courthouse is closed on weekends and holidays. Uh, the truth is divorce rates are high throughout the country. I think anybody anybody would concede that point. And unmarried uh, birth rates are on the rise in the, in the venue of 40%, and all those parties end in court on paternity cases when they split up. And so, I mean, 365 days of the year, court closed weekend holidays. In most counties, uh, not enough judges uh, uh, to you know, to really handle these huge flows of cases. And and for a party to get a whole trial date with the judge, sometimes two days or more, I mean, that's going to take a while. And you end up get put in line, and you get reached when you get reached. And so, I mean, to the listeners out there, you know, that's why uh, 
you know, parties out there will talk to, let's say, one couple, and they'll say, look, we, you know, we got a divorce done in two months, and then you talk to somebody else, and they say, look, it took us more than a year. Uh, the reality is, in those situations, I think, you know, the vast majority of times, the issue is this, which is for the couple that gets done in a couple months, they compromised, they reached an agreement. Maybe they didn't have as much at stake to fight over, but they compromised and reached some kind of agreement, whereas... Uh, in a case that takes a year more, for example, obviously there are some issues out there that they uh, uh, just weren't able to reach an agreement on, and that caused them to ride uh, a docket and have to wait on a trial date. So obviously, you know, to listeners out there, you know, make sure you know what's important, what isn't important, be practical. Uh, there's some issues that are worth meeting in the middle on uh, or giving on, and there's others, obviously, that, you know, they're important and they're going to have long-term effects. And a trial, quite frankly, is necessary in order for that case to be resolved. So uh, that is really the issue. Uh, that is uh, the topic here today, and I think that pretty much sums it up. So again, is a is a if you want to follow up to this episode, go to FamilyLawHeadquarters.com, uh, check out uh, the blog entry titled "In Family Law: Reasonableness Is in the Eye of the Beholder." Uh, it's a great article. I think it really explains to the folks out there, you know, why some cases settle quickly, uh, uh, why some cases take longer. And at the end of the day, it's really about the parties. Uh, you know, how are the parties uh, able to uh, uh, work together in order to get a case done? Or the flip end, you know, there's just some situations where they're not able to do it. So uh, thanks to all the listeners for being on online uh, and listening to uh, tonight's episode. Stay tuned for our next exciting episode of Family Law Talk with Stangy Law Firm. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Family Law Talk with Kirk Stangy. Visit StangyLawFirm.com for more about today's topic or to put Stangy Law Firm to work for your family today. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.